0: The following program is a recording of a live broadcast transmitted 7 a.m. Beijing time.
1: Examining the events that impact and shape China and the rest of the world. This is the Beijing Hour, one hour of news and information brought to you by China Radio International. Shane Beggam with you on this Thursday, July 25th, 2019. You're listening to the Beijing Hour, we're live from the Chinese capital. On the program this morning, our news focus... China's issued a white paper on national defense, touching on issues of world peace and stability and warning against Taiwan independence. In other news, the Chinese government's refuted allegations leveled by the U.S. Federal Bureau of Investigation. And Boris Johnson's been sworn in as Prime Minister of the U.K. In business, a five billion U.S. dollar fine against Facebook. In sports, the FINA World Swimming Championships in South Korea. Entertainment, Clint Eastwood's latest film, will be released in China tomorrow. First of all, a check of the day's headline news. Thirteen people are confirmed dead after a landslide hit Guizhou late on Tuesday. Officials say 21 houses were buried in the affected area in Liopanshui City. Eleven people have been rescued, and an estimated 32 remain missing. The search and rescue operation is still underway. The incident took place just hours after another landslide left one dead and six missing in the same province. The provincial government issued a top-level geological hazard emergency response. President Xi Jinping's calling for more efforts to break through blockades of vested interests and institutional ailments, hindering development and reform addressing a meeting of the country's reform-leading group. He also urged party members to tackle difficulties, strengthen weak areas, and ensure policy implementation. The meeting also passed a number of documents, including a plan to establish a National Committee on Ethics in Science and Technology and a guideline to step up protection of intellectual property rights. China recorded an 8.6% increase in the number of foreign patent applications in the first half of this year. In the meantime, the number of foreign trademark applications rose by 15.4%. Japan topped the list of foreign patent applications, up 12.6% year on year, followed by the U.S. and Germany. In releasing the data, the National Intellectual Property Administration also vowed to take measures to help Chinese enterprises settle intellectual property disputes overseas. The Chinese military says the country's joint aerial patrol exercise with Russia is a planned cooperation program which targets no third parties. The two countries' air forces conducted their first joint air strategic patrol in Northeast Asia earlier this week. China and Russia each sent two bombers to fly on fixed routes above the East China Sea and the Sea of Japan, also known as the East Sea. Spokesperson Wu Qian of the Ministry of National Defense says those aircraft strictly followed international law and never entered any other country's airspace. He says the Joint Patrol is aimed to strengthen the strategic coordination and joint operation capacity between Chinese and Russian militaries. News focus of the day. China's issued a new white paper on its national defense, reaffirming commitments to world peace and stability and warning against Taiwan independence efforts. CRIS Goyan has more.
2: The white paper defines the global significance of China's national defense as actively contributing to building a community with a shared future for mankind. Wu Qian is a spokesman for China's Ministry of National Defense. He said that China's military is a strong defender of world peace.
3: The reason why China's military is going global is to effectively protect China's overseas interests and to better implement its mission in the new era. It also provides the world with more public security services, such as peacekeeping operations, escort missions, and humanitarian and disaster relief missions undertaken by China's military.
2: Military officials have pointed out that China's defense budget takes up a fairly small share of the country's GDP and physical expenditure. China's defense expenditure accounted for 1.3 percent of GDP from 2012 to 2017, the lowest among the permanent members of the United Nations Security Council. China's defense spending is also dwarfed by the spending of the United States. According to a budget report submitted to China's top legislature this March, China will lower the rate of expansion of its defense budget to 7.5% in 2019, down from 8% last year. The budget report shows that the 2019 defense budget will be nearly 1.2 trillion yuan, or around $177 U.S. billion, which is only about a quarter of the national defense expenditure planned by the United States for the fiscal year. In the white paper, China says its military expenditure lags behind the demands of maintaining its domestic and overseas interests. Senior Colonel Wang Tai-guo said China's defense expenditure has been reasonable. He also said that more money will flow into military reform and that the military will get involved in more
1: operations overseas. China's military will fulfill these responsibilities to the global community by taking part in peacekeeping and disaster relief activities. And we will get more involved in this kind of work in the future. Meanwhile, we are facing the heavy task of carrying out military reform, and we still have a long way to go in terms of military modernization.
2: In the white paper, China listed among its top priorities is resolve to contain Taiwan independence. Wu Qian said the Taiwan question concerns China's core interests and warns that moves toward Taiwan independence will go
4: nowhere. We want to
3: China is willing to strive for peaceful reunification with utmost sincerity and great efforts. But if anyone dares to split Taiwan from China, China's military will not refrain from taking up arms to resolutely safeguard national sovereignty and territorial integrity.
2: The white paper also said that the military has cut 300,000 personnel to keep the total active force at 2 million. For CRI, this is Guo
1: For more on the white paper, CRI's and us spoke to Professor Zhu Feng, International Studies at Nanjing University, and Professor Shen Ding-li from the Institute of International Studies, Fudan University.
5: So Professor Shen, uh, the newly issued National Defense White Paper is the first since 2013. So what's your takeaway from the paper?
0: Well, it has uh, uh, described China's uh, defense objectives more clearly at this time, given the current uh, international security circumstances. To make it clear, our uh, defense buildup is to safeguard our political institutions, to defend China's national security, sovereignty, and national integrity, as well as to expand our uh, uh, protection of China's overseas interests, legitimate interests, as well as to safeguard international peace.
5: Mm. So, Professor Zhu, uh, what's your opinion, and what are the major changes compared to the previous one uh, six years ago?
0: Yeah,
6: I think a couple of the, uh, new developments could be easily figured out from just a uh, newly released uh, Chinese defense white paper. First is, I think this white paper uh, puts the emphasis on the defensive nature of the Chinese military buildup, because... We see a lot of uh, international uh, suspicion uh from the West on how the China's uh, military buildup is about. But mm-hmm. I think this white paper very clearly and apparently uh make the, uh some sort of uh very apparent we say uh depiction uh the China's military force is definitely on the peace mission. The second I think is also uh very interestingly on how the China look at the international security dynamics. Professor Shen also very, very uh convincingly uh, uh outlined it's not just the defense only then China is also a very uh contributive, you know, factor to the international peace and the stability. I think the last one, I think it's also very interestingly uh just to distinguishes this White paper from the last one is it also mentioned the China's uh, mission of the international uh, military uh, contribution is not just the how say on how but it's a boosting uh, international stability and prosperity but also we would like to contribute mm-hmm. uh, very very you know constructively to the international uh, uh, some sort of with a, uh, such an instability curbing and an instability with a, uh, a mitigating uh, uh, task force. So China's military not just a peaceful, but also more international.
5: Mm. Professor Shen, what's your uh, idea about the major changes? Because we also noticed the White Paper outlined some historic achievements of the major uh, organizational and structural reform in the uh, PLA, the Chinese People's uh, Liberation Army. And and also, what's your reflection on the structural reform?
0: Well, uh, this new edition of the White Paper has uh, described to us clearly how we cut those uh, non-combatant force, like uh, medical, education, uh, performance. And uh, we need to make uh, our military leaner and uh, meaner. So how to make it uh, more uh, capable of waging a battle if needed? We are emphasizing more about uh, the importance of our navy. So it uh, admits that uh, we are producing uh, more capable warships while maintaining our capable air force and strategic uh, 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 rocket force, mm. uh, while uh, downsizing our uh, ground force, our uh, army. So these are the historical developments, especially uh, since we entered
1: the new era. That's Professor Zhu Feng at Nanjing University and Professor Shen Ding-li from Fudan University speaking with CRI's and Anna. The Beijing Hour. The Beijing Hour.
3: The Beijing Hour brings you an hour of comprehensive news and information from both China, China, and the rest of the world, the rest of the world. <coughs> A mix of news, sports and entertainment, in-depth analysis of the day's big stories, as well as the most comprehensive business of
1: the day. The Beijing Hour. Beijing Hour. Your very own window to China and the rest of the world. Twelve minutes past the hour. The Chinese governments refuted intelligence threat allegations made by the chief of the U.S. Federal Bureau of Investigation. Christopher Ray claims that China poses a more serious intelligence threat to the U.S. than any other country, and that China's waging a war against the U.S. Chinese Foreign Ministry spokesperson Huachun
7: Yang. This is not the first time that Mr. Ray has uttered such words. His accusations are completely groundless and self-deceiving. As people remember well, I mentioned yesterday that the current U.S. Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, who was once the intelligence chief of the U.S., bluntly stated in a public speech in April that we lie, cheat and steal. And this is the glory of the experiment of America. The
1: spokesperson says China makes achievements entirely through its own wisdom and hard work. She adds that China will only fight a just war to safeguard its own legitimate rights and interests. The Chinese government denounced the remarks by a former British governor of Hong Kong on the situation of that city. Chris Patton's expressed concerns about an attack at a local metro station on the weekend, describing it as the most severe violent incident after Hong Kong's return to the mainland. Chinese Foreign Ministry Spokesperson Hua
7: Chunying. (laughs) Chris Patton turned a blind eye to certain issues selectively and avoided voicing them. He avoided talking about the storming of the HK Legislative Council building and the liaison office of the Central People's Government in the city, which struck the foundation of Hong Kong's rule of law. His true intent is very clear. We resolutely oppose any external forces interference in Hong Kong affairs, and we support the special administrative region government and police in dealing effectively with the matters
1: according to law. The spokesperson also expresses opposition to all violent and illegal actions calling for unity to safeguard Hong Kong's security and order. People from all walks of life in Hong Kong are calling on the general public to stand up against foreign interference in the city's affairs. Sirius Xie Cheng has more.
8: Residents in Hong Kong say a series of recent incidents of extreme violence in Hong Kong have clear traces of foreign intervention in terms of money, wording, and political intentions. They say these external forces are stirring trouble and adding fuel to the fire. Andrew Chan is a Vice Honorary Secretary of the Hong Kong Chinese Importers and Exporters Association. He says foreign forces have been spreading misleading information among young people in the city.
9: Hong Kong is a Chinese city. What happens in Hong Kong is China's internal affairs, and Hong Kong's internal affairs will not tolerate finger-pointing from any outsider. To those outsiders, I advise them to stop spreading their unreasonable, irresponsible and incorrect information among our young people, because this will only ruin their lives and futures."
8: Hong Kong columnist Christine Watt says outsiders have no right to intervene in the city's internal
7: affairs. there were many foreigners among the demonstrators, and they did not come simply for peaceful demonstrations. They seemed like commanders as they were making hand gestures and issuing orders. They should really keep their hands off our affairs and leave. I think we Hong Kong people all believe we have the support of our country.
8: Chen Po is a member of the Hong Kong Legislative Council. He calls on the public to unite against ill-intended foreign intervention.
4: I
3: Hong Kong people should understand that this
9: is a critical time. We should all ask ourselves, who will our Hong Kong people turn to when we come across troubles? For example, if we lose our passport abroad, who will we turn to for help? Of course, the answer is the Chinese consulate.
1: Could we go to the British or the US consulate for help? For CRI, I'm Xie Chen. Chinese coastal province of Fujian has undergone tremendous change since the founding of the People's Republic of China, thanks to the country's reform and opening up and the introduction of new development policies. CRI's Wenjia reports.
3: Fujian was one of the most underdeveloped provinces when the new China was founded in 1949. But great changes have taken place in the 70 years that have followed. The province is now at the frontier of China's drive for reform and opening up. Fujian's gross domestic product was nearly 3.6 trillion yuan in 2018, or over 520 billion U.S. dollars. That represents a year-on-year increase of 8.3 percent. The province is now pushing for higher quality development. Yu Weiguo is the secretary of Fujian Provincial Party Committee. From 2012 to 2018,
9: Fujian's GDP has grown at an average annual rate of 9.1%, which is higher than most provinces in eastern China. The per capita GDP grew from 53,000 yuan to 91,000 yuan. The disposable income of urban residents increased by 64 percent. For rural residents, it increased by 75 percent. Over half of the energy used in the province is now clean energy, and more than two-thirds of the province has forest coverage.
3: Alongside Fujian's economic development, the health of the environment in the province has also improved. Official data shows that 96 percent of the water in the major rivers in Fujian is in good quality and his major cities have good air quality more than 98% of the time. Yu Weiguo said the government has prioritized environmental protection. The air
9: in our province is fresh. The average level of PM2.5 in Fujian was 26 last year. The amount of major pollutants, including ammonia nitrogen, sulfur dioxide and nitrogen oxides, has been below half of the national
3: average for many years. Fujian province is an important part of the Belt and Road Initiative, the network of trade routes that stretch from China across the world. The governor of Fujian, Tan Dengjie, said the province is committed to the construction of the 21st century Maritime Silk Road. We've committed to developing maritime, land and air transportation. The province has opened 34 sea routes that are serviced by hundreds of freighters. The freight train service to Central Asia and Europe now has six regular lines, covering nine countries and 13 cities. And our Silk Road flight project now includes 79 overseas flights, which reach the world's major cities. Fujian province has also become a world leader in the development of new energy vehicle technology. Officials say the provincial government will work with Taiwan, which has a strong auto parts industry, to boost the development of their new energy vehicle sector. For CRI, this is Wen Jie.
1: It's 20 minutes past the hour. Boris Johnson's officially assumed office as British Prime Minister. Former Prime Minister Theresa May issued a parting shot to opposition Labour leader Jeremy Corbyn, using her final weekly parliamentary question session to suggest that he follow her lead and quit his job. I saw that after the terrorist attack in Finsbury Park Mosque in his constituency. uh, But perhaps I could just finish my exchange with him by saying this.
10: As a party leader who has accepted when her time was up,
9: perhaps the time is now for him to do the same. (laughs)
1: May stepped down after just over three years on the job, having failed to deliver Britain's exit from the European Union. Johnson's forming his cabinet after taking office yesterday, clearing out many of the ministers who served under May, hoping to build a team that can deliver Brexit. And though I am today building a great team of men and women, I will take personal
9: responsibility for the change I want to see. Never mind the backstop,
1: the buck stops here. Johnson's appointed Sajid Javid as the country's new chancellor, one of the most senior jobs in cabinet. A former banker and ex home secretary, Javid's the first ethnic minority politician to hold the post of chancellor of the exchequer. Former U.S. special counsel Robert Mueller is affirming that a president can be charged with crimes after leaving office. He says just, uh, Justice Department guidelines prevented him from considering charges against President Donald Trump while he's in office.
3: Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not certain because I haven't looked at the ethical standards, but the OLC opinion says that the prosecutor, while he cannot bring a charge against the sitting president, nonetheless can continue the investigation to see if there are any other... A uh, person who might be drawn into the conspiracy.
1: Mueller testified yesterday before the House Judiciary Committee about his Russia investigation. President Donald Trump's sons and advisers are weighing in on Mueller's congressional testimony with quips on Twitter targeting Democrats. Donald Trump called the hearing a disaster for Democrats. He says Mueller uh, claims that he can't understand the Republicans' questions, but totally gets the ones from Democrats. Trump advisor Kellyanne Conway tweeted three words, drop the mic. Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov has begun his Latin American tour with a brief stop in Cuba, aiming to strengthen ties and political dialogue in the midst of an economic crisis. Lavrov has met with his Cuban counterpart to discuss international and regional issues, including the crisis in Venezuela.
8: We discussed the situation of the region, the situation of Venezuela and its surrounding. We concluded that the solution of any type of problem relating to Venezuela or any other nation in the region, any country in the world in general, must be resolved through peaceful methods.
1: Lavrov's visit came at a time of strained relations between Washington and Havana. Cuba's a strategic ally of Russia and Latin America, and both ministers reaffirmed ties of friendship and cooperation by lashing out against U.S. measures in the region. India's capital is planning to make public transport completely free for women in a bid to make the city safer for them. New Delhi sees 40% of all rapes reported in India. In the 2012 gang rape and murder of a student on a private bus in the city sparked massive protests. Punya uh, reports on how the women in the city are reacting to this proposal.
10: 30-year-old Poonam Kumari is homebound but not out of choice. In the last year, she's had to turn down two job offers because she can't afford the high cost of public transport.
7: I'm capable, but I can't work. It's not easy to find employment and then to have to turn down a job offer because it's too far from home. I feel so helpless. The money I'll spend for commuting can keep my family fed
5: for a month.
10: But this could change soon. The Delhi government wants to implement a proposal by the end of the year that will make travel on public buses and Delhi's metro rail free of cost for all women. The government claims this will help improve women's security and help empower the city's women. In Delhi, only 11% of all women are part of the workforce compared to 48% globally. Delhi government's representative Jasmine Shah explains.
4: We know of many instances where women actually decide to walk long distances by themselves rather than spend money on public transport, and we do not want that to happen so uh, we believe that uh, there is safety in numbers, and by more and more women being in public transport itself will make public transport safer. The other big reason is uh empowerment of women you know if you really make Take transport out of this equation, we believe that could trigger a participation of women in workforce at a much larger level than you see currently.
10: The government says it will pay $217 million a year to the Delhi metro and bus services to foot the cost of travel for women, but not all women are convinced. I don't think this scheme will improve safety for women. There's a coach on the metro
2: reserved for women. It's not like they are proposing to run a special train just for women.
8: Yeah, over-flooding will be there. Women who cannot afford, they might also start travelling and they don't respect, might be for just fun, not not be free. But yeah, they can reduce some pricing and that.
10: Delhi's public buses are considered unsafe for women after sunset and only 33% of Delhi's women use the metro railways. Its fare was doubled two years ago. Many have also questioned why the government isn't fixing other issues like better lighting on roads, last-mile connectivity and increased policing on the streets. Jasmin Shah responds to this criticism.
4: Delhi government at no stage has said that this is all that is needed to further women's safety. But what is the other option? Shall we wait for all the last mile issues to be fixed?
10: Delhi sees at least five rape cases every day. If implemented, this could be the first such women-centric policy anywhere in the world. But only time will tell whether it helps make India's capital any safer for women. Neha Punya, China Radio International, New Delhi.
1: 26 minutes past the hour. The European Commission says more should be done to counter the multi-billion euro flow of dirty money in the European Union. Uh, Valdis Dombrovskis is in charge of financial services at the European Commission. As you know, Europe has uh, some of the toughest rules on money laundering in the world and our rulebook is being further strengthened. Yet today's analysis gives more proof that our strong AML rules have not been equally applied in all banks and in all EU countries. After a spate of money laundering scandals at several lenders in the 28-country bloc, the EU reviewed existing practices to counter illegal flows. The EU law enforcement agency estimates the flows could exceed 200 billion euros a year. The EU executive assessed 10 known cases of money laundering at banks, which were reported mostly between 2012 and last year. Brussels concluded the banks often did not comply with anti-money laundering requirements, while watchdogs in member states failed to prevent and effectively address the shortfalls. Belgium's weather authority has issued its first ever code red warning as the country is experiencing the hottest temperatures on record. The warning is issued when the average maximum temperature for three consecutive days is at least 32 degrees Celsius, with an average minimum temperature of no less than 22 degrees. David Dayenau is head of the forecast department at Belgium's National Forecast Agency.
8: We're about to break the national heat record for Belgium.
1: We are announcing
8: 39 or locally 40 degrees. We are observing the weather uh, since 1833, so nearly 200 years, uh, and we never experienced this kind of temperatures.
1: Yes, the temperatures today are expected to rise even higher. People are advised to stay inside as much as possible and drink plenty of water. It's 28 minutes past the hour. Beijing today, cloudy skies in 35 Celsius. Overnight temperatures around 26 degrees. Chongqing will be cloudy with a high of 33 and a low of 26. Lassa is expecting a slight rain with a high of 23 and a low of 13. In North America, Washington, D.C. will be getting cloudy skies with a high of 29 degrees Celsius. In Africa, Nairobi is going to be overcast in 27. And finally to Oceania, Port Vila is getting cloudy skies on the day with a high of 25 degrees Celsius it's time for a short break here on the beijing hour still to come in business a 5 billion u.s dollar fine against facebook in sports the fina world swimming championships in south korea in entertainment clint eastwood's latest film will be released in china tomorrow shane bigham with you stay with us here on the beijing hour
3: Capturing images of people across China, exploring its ever-changing lifestyles and feeling the heartbeat of its villages, towns and cities. This is Selfie. This is Selfie. Giving you real-life stories in China. China.
1: Examining the events that impact and shape China and the rest of the world. This is the Beijing Hour. One hour of news and information brought to you by China Radio International. Shane Biggum with you on this Thursday morning. Still to come in business. The 5G smartphone era is well underway in China as major brands start selling their 5G phones. In sports, an early exit for badminton star Lin Dan at the Japan Open. In entertainment, the Palace Museum's published a collection of books based on real and imagined fantastic beasts from ancient China. There are a number of ways to contact us. You can send an email to beijinghour at cri.com.cn. Follow us on Twitter or Facebook. Search for China Plus News. Uh, Download the China Plus app or visit chinaplus.cri.cn for the latest news and information from China Radio International. Now, checking the day's headline news. President Xi Jinping's calling for more efforts to break through blockades of vested interests and institutional ailments hindering development and reform. Addressing a meeting of the country's reform leading group, he also urged party members to tackle difficulties, strengthen weak areas, and ensure policy implementation. The meeting also passed a number of documents, including a plan to establish a National Committee on Ethics in Science and Technology and a guideline to step up protection of intellectual property rights. China's issued a white paper on its national defense policy in the new era. The document aims to explain the practices, purposes, and significance of the country's efforts to build a fortified national defense and a strong military. It mainly focuses on areas such as the international security situation, the missions and tasks of China's armed forces, and the country's defense spending. It says that China will never seek hegemony, expansion, or spheres of influence. Boris Johnson's officially assumed office as British Prime Minister. In announcing the lineup of his cabinet, he said that he hopes to build a team that can deliver Brexit. Johnson's appointed Sajid Javid as the country's new chancellor, one of the most senior jobs in cabinet. A former banker and ex-home secretary, Javid's the first ethnic minority politician to hold the post of Chancellor of the Exchequer. Former U.S. Special Counsel Robert Mueller is affirming that a president can be charged with crimes after leaving office. He says Justice Department guidelines prevented him from considering charges against President Donald Trump while he was in office. Mueller testified yesterday before the House Judiciary Committee about his Russia investigation. Donald Trump called the hearing a disaster for Democrats. 33 minutes past the hour. Turning to business news now. We'll start with the closing numbers in North America and Europe. U.S. stocks ended mixed on Wednesday. The S&P 500 and Nasdaq reached all-time highs, propelled by a rally in chip stocks as investors shook off regulatory concerns facing big tech. The Van Eck Vectors Semiconductor ETF gained 2.7% to hit a record, uh, led by a 7.4% rally in Texas Instruments, sparked by better-than-expected quarterly results. Other companies companies such as UPS and AT&T also got a boost from strong results. UPS jumped more than 8%, while AT&T gained 3.6%. Boeing shares dropped 3.1% after the aerospace giant posted a massive loss for the previous quarter. The loss comes as costs pile up, while its 737 MAX jet remains grounded. At the closing bell, the Dow was off by three-tenths of a percent. The S&P 500 advanced half a percent. The Nasdaq climbed nine-tenths of a percent. European shares closed flat on Wednesday as a slide in commodity stocks offset gains for chip and car makers ahead of a hotly anticipated European Central Bank meeting. European chipmakers ASM International Infineon Finian Technologies and Siltronic gained between 23 and 6.5%. Daimler AG gained 2.5% after saying it would intensify cost cuts after swinging to a quarterly loss. At the closing bell, the FTSE 100 in London slid by 7 tenths of a percent. France's CAC 40 fell 2 tenths of a percent, and Germany's DAX gained 3 tenths of a percent. The U.S. Federal Trade Commission says Facebook will pay a record-breaking $5 billion U.S. dollar fine to resolve a government probe into its privacy practices, Uh, and the social media giant will restructure its approach to privacy. The FTC voted 3-2 along party lines to adopt the settlement, which requires court approval, even as Democrats said the settlement did not go far enough. The penalty is also one of the largest civil penalties for any type of conduct in U.S. history. Analysts say the enormity of this penalty resets the baseline for privacy cases and serves as an important deterrent for future violations. Federal Trade Commission Chairman Joe Simons says Facebook violated the commission's order in three ways. First, we allege that Facebook told consumers that they could limit the sharing of their information to certain groups, friends, for example. But in fact, Facebook shared that information more broadly with third-party app developers. Second, we allege that Facebook did not adequately assess and address privacy risks posed by third-party app developers. Third, we allege that Facebook misrepresented to certain users that they would have to turn on facial recognition technology, but for millions of users, the technology was already on by default. Under the settlement, Facebook's board will create an independent privacy committee that removes unfettered control by Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg over decisions affecting user privacy. The settlement comes a day after the U.S. Justice Department said it was opening a broad investigation of major digital technology firms into whether they engage in anti-competitive practices. Chinese smartphone maker ZTE says its 5G smartphone's been available for reservations in China since Tuesday. It's the country's first 5G phone model to have its price announced and to have entered the pre-sale phase. The Shenzhen-based company says the handset will be put on sale through its official online store, as well as e-commerce platforms including JD, T-Mall, and Suning, starting from around 5,000 yuan each. The pre-sale announcement comes a week after the first batch of eight 5G phone models Obtain the quality certificate needed to hit the market smartphone vendors have uh, that have secured the certificate include huawei zte oppo and vivo and for more on this we're joined by cri financial analyst south sand good morning a rivalry in uh, 5g smartphones is intensifying as chinese vendors race to bring their products to the market so uh, huawei is scheduled to release its 5g smartphone the mate 20x tomorrow and of course zte rolled out the country's first 5g smartphone just uh, days earlier so uh, how important is it for these companies to be the early adopters of this new faster technology in the chinese market and globally
11: well, it's very important because uh, the 5G market is still a uh, blue sea uh, where different companies can vie uh, for market dominance and grab as much market share as possible. So it's crucial for them to uh, get into this market, uh, get their words out, to get the uh, the publicity going, uh, so that uh, they would be uh, capturing the market share.
1: Well, analysts say that uh, sales of 5G smartphones in China can only take up 1% to 2% of the whole market for this year. So um, how do you see sales of 5G smartphones trending in China over the next year or two or three?
11: Well, I believe those analysts probably uh, underestimate uh, how much enthusiasm the Chinese consumers have all uh, this faster smartphone. I actually believe there will be an explosion uh, in terms of uh, uh, consumer demand uh, for the faster access to Internet, because that's all, what all the buzz is all about. And uh, the Chinese consumers are, by and large, tech-savvy, and uh, I think uh, it would be the main avenue of growth uh, for the smartphone
1: makers. Well, what impacts do you expect the introduction of 5G smartphones to have on the international smartphone market?
11: Well, I think the competition will be uh, very, very uh, intense uh, because of its implications uh, not only for consumers, but for business as well. And, um, and all the uh, attendant innovations uh, will also be uh, at a stakes. So I would uh, uh, envision a, a intensifying competition uh, internationally
1: among the major uh, smartphone makers. Thank you very much for joining us this morning. That's CRI financial analyst, South San. 39 past the hour. China Securities Journal says the names of six new pilot free trade zones which have completed the approvals process are expected to be released soon. Analysts say the accelerated launch of a new batch of pilot free trade zones shows the country's determination to further open up. Officials from the Chinese Ministry of Commerce say these free trade zones will most likely be located along the Yangtze River Economic Belt, the Silk Road Economic Belt, the 21st Century Maritime Silk Road, and around the Beijing Tianjin Hebei region. U.S. aircraft manufacturer Boeing's posted a loss of around 3 billion US dollars in earnings for the second quarter of this year as a result of the global grounding of its 737 Max airplanes. Boeing says its quarterly revenue nosedived by 35% to reach $15.8 billion compared to $24 billion in the same period last year. Boeing delivered 90 commercial airplanes during the second quarter, down 54% compared to last year. And the company made no delivery of any 737 MAX planes for this quarter. Boeing says it's considering cutting 737 MAX output to a level below the current rate of 42 aircraft per month, or even temporarily suspending its production if the plane's return to service is further delayed. The International Monetary Fund has lowered its global growth forecast to 3.2% for this year. In April, the agency forecast a 3.3% expansion in global gross domestic product. The IMF's most recent World Economic Outlook report also downgraded the forecast for 2020 from 3.6% to 3.5%. The agency is calling for strengthening fiscal policies to stabilize and spur economic recovery through structural reforms.
8: For breaking news and stories that matter to you, find us on Twitter by searching for China Plus News, where we'll share with you our up-to-the-minute news, in-depth analysis, and live-streaming videos. Visit China Plus News for your window
1: on China and the world. It's 41 minutes past the hour now, turning to sports. And starting with swimming, Soon Young's finished in sixth place in the men's 800-meter freestyle event at the FINA World Swimming Championships in South Korea. Defending champion Gregorio Peltonieri of Italy retained the title with a new European record. It was Soon's seventh race at the Worlds after he claimed victory in the 400 meter freestyle for a record fourth time in a row and was then crowned in the 200 meters on Tuesday. Soon will also compete in the freestyle relay event in Guangzhou. Yan Zubei repeated his record-breaking swimming in the men's 50-meter breaststroke, although it was not enough to win a medal. He touched home sixth in the final with a new Asian record of 26.86 seconds. Adam Peaty of Britain claimed the gold, followed by Felipe Lima of Brazil and his teammate Xiao Gomez Jr. In the women's 200-meter freestyle final, Chinese teenager Yang Junshuan set a new world record at 1 minute and 55 seconds, though she failed to reach the medal podium because of her fifth place. Finish. Uh, the 17 year old grabbed silver at the 2018 Asian Games. Uh, Fu Yuan Hui finished ninth in the women's 50 meter bra- uh, backstroke semifinals, uh, getting knocked out of the race after falling uh, by the wayside in the 100 meter backstroke heats on Monday. In badminton, former World number 1 Lin Dan has suffered a first-round exit at the Japan Open. He was beaten in a three-set affair by Danish shuttler Jan Jorgensen in one hour and nine minutes. His teammates, including Chen Long and Liu Guangzhou, also uh, saw first-round exits in straight sets. Shi Chi withdrew from the tournament due to an ankle injury sustained at the Indonesian Open last week. On the women's side, second-seeded Chen Yufei defeated a player from Indonesia in two sets to reach the second round of the tournament. Her teammate Chen Xiaoxin also advanced after beating a player from Singapore in straight sets. Uh, Lee Shui-Rei lost to Malaysia's Xia Shuya in three sets. In football, Shandong Luneng has made it into the semifinals of the CFA Cup, beating defending champions Beijing Gu'an 2-1 last night. Roger Guedes and Graziano Pele each scored a goal to help uh, the hosts with the win. It was Cedric Bakambu scoring the only goal for Beijing Guan. In other action, Dalian Ifung eliminated Tianjin Tianhai 4 0. Guangzhou Evergrande went down to Singapore, or Shanghai SIPG 2 uh, 0. And it was uh, Shanghai Shenhua over Tianjin Tada 3 1 to complete the last four list. Elsewhere in China, Juventus defeated Serie A rivals Inter Milan 4 3 in a penalty shootout in Nanjing last night. Inter Milan led the game by 1-0 at the first half, but Cristiano Ronaldo equalized in the 68th minute to send the match to a shootout.
4: It's good. When we play against
3: Inter, it's always a good game, tough games. They are a fantastic team.
4: They have a fantastic coach, so it's difficult. We like to compete with the best team, so today we play good, especially in the second half, and uh, we deserve to win, in my opinion.
1: Well, tonight, Tottenham Hotspur will take on fellow English Premier League side Manchester United in the International Champions Cup in Shanghai. The Spurs will be looking to build on their 3-2 win over Italian giants Juventus in Singapore. Tottenham manager Maurizio Pochettino.
5: Look, it's only the beginning of the season. Uh, we are all the team working to try to improve and be better than the previous season. Of course, for us to be better than the previous season is going to be difficult and tough because to play a to, fi- to arrive to the final of the Champions League, I think is the best thing that you can get in football. No? Um, better is win. Um, we didn't win. Maybe uh, this season we are going to try
1: again and hopefully we can arrive again. United's in the friendly after beating Inter Milan 1-0. Paris Saint-Germain players are making preparations for their preseason tour in China. Both Kylian Mbappe and Neymar are included in the preseason squad. PSG will open their tour against to Inter Milan on Saturday before the League One Giants play Sydney FC on Tuesday. Lionel Messi has been banned for one competitive match for his altercation with Gary Medel of Chile in the Copa America third place playoff earlier this month. The Barcelona forward was also given a $1,500 fine for his claim that the tournament was influenced by corruption. The decision means that Messi will miss Argentina's first 2022 World Cup qualifier next March. The South American football governing body says the penalties cannot be appealed. Olympic officials, sponsors and fans gathered at an exhibition hall in central Tokyo to celebrate the one-year mark of the opening ceremony of the 2020 Olympics. International Olympic Committee President Thomas Bach attended that event.
3: All the elements that make up truly outstanding Olympic Games are in place. The athletes of all 206 national Olympic committees and of the IOC refugee olympic team can look forward to an amazing experience.
1: The organizing committee also unveiled their olympic medals made from old electronics. Tokyo is spending around 20 billion US dollars to prepare the city to host the games. 5 of the 8 new venues are finished already. The 1.2 billion dollar national stadium is to be open by the end of this year. In basketball, the Chinese national team suffered a defeat in the final of the Stankovic Intercontinental Basketball Championship Cup. They were beaten 72-59 to by Croatia. Guailun led Team China with 18 points, followed by Wang Jilin with 12 points. In the NBA, the Phoenix Suns signed forward Sheik Diallo to a multi-year contract. The 22-year-olds played three NBA seasons with the New Orleans Pelicans, and uh, this past season averaged career highs of 6 points and 5.2 rebounds per game. Diallo will wear number 14. Italian rider Andrea Gardini of Bardiani CSF has finished in first place in the 10th stage of the Tour of Qinghai Lake. The stage was 116 kilometers long at an altitude of 1,540 meters. Uh, Robinson will uh, still leads the overall race and retains the yellow jersey with his time of 29 hours, 16 minutes, and 13 seconds. The 11th stage will cover 153 kilometers. In tennis, top seed Dominic Thiem has reached the quarterfinals of the Hamburg Open, following a 7-5, 6-1 victory over uh, Martin Fuchovich of Hungary. Uh, Team will next face Russia's Andrei Rublev, who beat Kasper Rudd of Norway in three sets. Uh, Jeremy Shardy is also into the last eight after knocking out his compatriot Richard Gasquet in straight sets. Uh, other tennis news, Andy Murray's confirmed uh, that he'll be playing men's doubles with his brother Jamie at the upcoming City Open. The former world number one's been plagued by a series of injuries in recent seasons and had a hip operation in January. Well, he started uh, to play matches last month, but has uh, been limited to doubles events. He played men's doubles and mixed doubles at Wimbledon. The City Open will kick off in Washington on Saturday.
9: Want to know what's trending in China? China Plus News Facebook page helps you to discover the real China. From the latest news to quirky Chinese inventions, videos, photos, live streaming and more. Join in the conversation today by searching for China Plus News on Facebook and discover its news, its people, its traditions
1: and culture. China Plus News Facebook page. Open your eyes to the real China. 49 minutes past the hour, turning to entertainment and culture. 89 year old Hollywood heavyweight Clint Eastwood's new film, Mule, will be released in cinemas in China on Friday. Cartel's top mule's on his way to a drop. We know it's a black pickup, it's a needle in a haystack, but at least it's a start. Eastwood plays Earl Stone, a man in his 80s who's broke and alone, who's offered a job as a driver. What he doesn't realize is that he's signed on to be a drug courier for a Mexican cartel. Eastwood is both the director and the star of the film. It's Eastwood's first acting role since Trouble with the Curve back in 2012. Mule was released by Warner Brothers at the end of last year in the United States, where it took home more than $100 U.S. dollars at the Box office. Following its global release, the films pulled in more than 170 million US dollars. The Palace Museum has created a new series of children's books focused on real and imaginary creatures. The three-book series introduces 120 types of animals recorded in the archives of the Palace Museum. Most of them are real animals, while some others are imaginary beasts with a profound connection to Chinese culture. The books are divided into beasts, birds, and marine animals. What makes them even more special are their authors and editors. The series is based on ancient books written and edited by scholars and artists of the Qing dynasty, the whole edition was launched and directed by Emperor Qianlong himself. It took court painters Yu Xing and Zhang Weibang more than 10 years to paint all of the animals in the books. The texts were jointly written by eight of Emperor Qianlong's officials. The book of marine life by naturalist Nia Huang was based on his decades of study and visits to all the rivers, lakes, and seas of the country, and it used to be the emperor's favorite book as well. The art director of a popular Chinese web series says that thorough preparation produced the good art design of the historical TV series. The longest day in Chang'an has drawn a, a lot of online comments and sparked many debates on China's social media platforms for its storytelling and the quality of its production. Seems to have genuinely moved a large segment of society, with many applauding the producer's attention to detail, in particular when portraying the Tang Dynasty of the first millennium on screen. Uh, Jean and his team read a large number of books and catalogues, and visited many museums.
8: First of all, I don't like the idea of unstrained art design. When it comes to art design, I don't think it must be unconventional. I think this is not a real standard, especially when we are doing such a rigorous historical theme. I think the basic idea is to try to restore it, to respect our history, to respect our past
1: and to restore as much as possible of the history of the Tung Dynasty, Shannon and the group, uh, the art group, spent more than one year preparing. The Mockingjay Flight Rebel Escape Ride and a whole floor dedicated to Hunger Games-related outlets will open on Hung Island, Guangdong Province, on July 31st. The park is part of the new Lionsgate project, integrated into the Novatown complex under Lai Sun Group. Thinkwell Group, based in Los Angeles, helped to design the project. The signature ride, Mockingjay Flight, can take up to 30 people in a sort of all-terrain vehicle. 3D projections will take fun seekers on a wild escape from the capital's peacekeepers. There's a whole floor replicating the rich capital city. A high-end restaurant, a bakery, and a salon where visitors can get looks from the movies will also be available. Jason Statham, Helen Mirren, and Idris Elba revved into action on Tuesday for the London premiere of their turbocharged Fast and Furious spinoff Hobbs and Shaw. The film sees sworn enemies Luke Hobbs, played by Dwayne Johnson, and Deckard Shaw, played by Statham, team up to fight genetically enhanced anarchist soldier Brixton, played by Elba. The Crown's star Vanessa Kirby takes on the role of a rogue MI6 agent who happens to be Shaw's sister, while Mirren plays his mother Magdalene Shaw shaw
9: it's pretty cool isn't it i know what an amazing cast and and you know lovely guys all of them absolute sweethearts in spite of their you know the hardness and everything
1: and speaking of co-stars johnson and elba statham reckons he's the leanest biggest and hardest of the film's cast members
9: they huff and puff too much they're just like they're like old shire horses uh, you know, I'm a much leaner, more uh, effective sort of uh, have a. I have a different schedule, different kind of training, attack. Mine's way too, uh, way too advanced for them, t- for the likes of Dwayne.
1: Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw, directed by David Leitch, and will be released worldwide on August the first. Ariana Grande and Taylor Swift are the top contenders at the 2019 MTV Video Music Awards, each scoring ten nominations. Friends, I- MTV announced on Tuesday that Grande and Swift will compete in eight of the same categories, including Video of the Year, Swift's Gay Pride Anthem, You Need to Calm Down, and Grande's breezy hit about her breakups, Thank You Next, are nominated for the top prize alongside uh, Billie Eilish's Bad Guy and Lil Nas uh, and Billy Ray Cyrus's Old Town Road. Uh, Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper's Oscar and Grammy-winning hit Shallow picked up two nominations, Song of the Year and Best Collaboration. Boy Band, BTS earned four nods. Including a bid in the new Best uh, K Pops uh, category. A comedian and actor, Sebastian Menescalo, will host the 2019 VMAs. The VMAs will take place at the Prudential Center in Newark, New Jersey on August 26th. Meek Mill is in a, a Jay Z state of mind. The Philadelphia rapper turned entrepreneur is launching a new record label in a joint venture with Jay Z's Rock Nation. <laughs> The two hip-hop players celebrated the launch of Dream Chasers Records on Tuesday at the Roc Nation headquarters in New York City, signing contracts and popping champagne to celebrate the partnership. Mill will lead Dream Chasers as president of the uh, the company. And that's it for this edition of the Beijing Hour. Making news this morning, China's issued a white paper on national defense touching on issues of world peace and stability, and warning against Taiwan independence. Chinese governments refuted allegations leveled by the U.S. Federal Bureau of Investigation. And Boris Johnson's been sworn in as the new prime minister of the U.K. On behalf of the staff, this is Shane Bigam in the Chinese capital, hoping you'll join us for the next edition of the Beijing Hour and open a window to the world together.